Welcome everyone, I'm Ivy Rivera. So today is psychology, therapy, and spirituality. As much as the medical, scientific, therapeutic community would like to tell us that these are completely different things, we do see that people cannot evolve and get healthy, whether it be physically, mentally, or spiritually, until they accept that these are actually connected. And I do want you guys to consider a couple things before we go forward. If you've been put in an unfortunate circumstance because your therapist or your psychologist psychiatrist or your doctor was ignorant to your intuitive intelligence or your spirituality, okay, even your religious beliefs, whatever it is, if they have mislabeled you, misinformed you, misdiagnosed you, prescribed medication and medicated you, and all of that has been wrong, what I want you to keep in mind is that number one, the medical community and the psychological field is based on white men not you probably okay so let's keep in mind the reference point okay that this may have really very little to do with you and number two we live in a for-profit medical system here in america and so they're making money keeping you sick they get rich off of your dysfunction all right so there's not a lot of motivation i have found whether it be therapists or psychiatrists, you know, a lot of doctors, there's a ton of motivation to look closer at intuitive intelligence or how spirituality affects us, how our belief systems affect us, how the communities that we're raised in affect us, how different gender roles affect us. There's not a lot of drive to look at that. And we see this in the desperate state of our country, our society, and the mental illness that is rampant right now. So I would say this, if you don't have a therapist or a psychiatrist, a doctor who is motivated to see change on a larger systemic scale to make sure that mental health is a priority and that health care is a priority, you better watch the source of who's guiding you because I find that very suspicious. Okay, if they're not driven to see change there, then they could just be driven by their pocketbook and they're getting paid very handsomely for your circumstance. So one of the things that I wanted to touch on here straight away is that I have walked the walk. I do have a lot of concern for what I see in the medical field, big pharma, psychological field. Not to say that it's all inaccurate. I am huge, grateful, believer, science, you know, medical advancements. Thank God we have this. I absolutely believe in science. I also believe that we should not stop with what we think we already know definitively. I think that part of science is consistently searching for more and factoring in other things. And what I feel is a complete breakdown of the system in general, a stagnancy that has stayed the way it is because it is profitable for those on top. And it continues to abuse those under the boot at the bottom of the system, often us. I have been one of these people. I have been misdiagnosed countless times. In all fairness, I have had one psychiatrist and one therapist come back to me and apologize for the misdiagnoses, but quickly tried to come up with something else. 
that was also inaccurate and they were very quick to push medications. So I don't approve and I cut all of that off in my life in my late 20s and just figured everything out for myself. Thank God I did. And that's part of what I teach on. This started when I was five years old. And so it started in school, recognizing that I as a child was not acting like the other children. And immediately I was sent off back in the 80s. I was originally uh, diagnosed with melancholy, but there was a whole lot more going on there. And I would, a couple years later, lose my ability entirely to read and write, even though I had been getting straight A's in that. And things like this were always connected to my intuitive intelligence increasing. And we see consistently that doctors are all too quick and therapists are all too quick to slap a diagnosis on, even though it doesn't match everything in the categories of symptoms. They will, you know, often do that. And then you end up, I personally have been made worse by medications or believing in that diagnosis. And while some were pretty quick to admit that they made a mistake, others were not. And it's a good thing I got myself out of that jam. And so while I am not here to prescribe or diagnose, you know, I really do beg of all of you to take a very close look at how well your diagnoses are fitting and working and how well that medication is working for you. And to keep in mind that what they want to do is to separate our intuitive intelligence, our spirituality, from the you know medical sciences the therapeutic world and we really can't do that so i'm here to fill in those gaps for people and what i think is really important to look at just a couple key areas that i'm going to use as examples for a time in your life or a time that may be coming at some point where you're going to see that these are all intertwined your need for therapy, the use of psychology in a positive way, and understanding your spirituality and intuitive intelligence. And those are the areas of death of a loved one and trauma. When someone close to you passes away, you are automatically triggered into what some may call kundalini or an awakening. You may start to receive downloads. I have other videos on all of that here on YouTube. You could check out. I'm not going to get into it today. But you are essentially woke. And when you become woke, your intuitive intelligence increases in three key areas. Psychic, mediumistic, and empathic. Empathic meaning that you're reading energy off of other people. Emotions off of other people. Off of atmospheres. Off of objects. So it's essentially energy absorption from the information around you. When we talk about psychic ability, we're talking about clairvoyance. We're talking about the ability to see the past, the present, the future with accuracy. And a lot of people have something called messenger of death syndrome, which means that you can project tragedy and death and illness, and it can make you very paranoid and guilt-ridden to know these things before they happen. Okay? It can also make you very in tune to something called medical intuitive, where you can see what people have going on physically that is going to harm them, and you may also feel inclined to want to help them. So that could be a very heavy energy, right? Psychic ability at its base is about negativity, toxicity, human emotion, and anything dynamic, winning the lottery, having a baby, you know, big change. So it's a lot. 
overwhelming, then we have mediumistic abilities, which is communication with the spirit world. And this is where I see these therapeutic communities, medical scientific communities have the biggest block, such an unwillingness. And this is the biggest connection we have to our roots. If you've been colonized as, as a people, this may be everything for you. It was your entire religion and your faith. So spirituality in this sense, connecting with the ancestors, connecting with our spirit guides, connecting even with like angels and, and God and, and everything is so cut off from that field, you know, from those fields of science. They don't want to hear or talk anything about it. And they make it completely illegitimate. And they'll say, well, we can't, you know, we can't prove these things and we can't disprove these things. Then don't be so stuck in your judgment on it then, because that is a fact. You can't prove it. Absolutely. So what we see here is that with mediumistic ability, whether the individual who has suffered through the loss of a loved one is going through this intuitive increase, whether they want it or not, whether they've invited it or asked for it or not mediumistic abilities are going to increase. And when that occurs, we have things like the ear ringing, the tinnitus, sleep disturbances, anxiety, depression. So many different things can come with this ability that we tend to mislabel and judge as being part of a mental illness or some physical problem. And we need to understand that mediumship is not really uh, always a choice that we make. We can make the choice to learn the language and better communicate with spirit, but spirits that want to communicate are going to do it with or without your consent. They're going to come in and interact with you or come close to you. And if you are uneducated and oblivious to it, you're just going to have all the physical, mental, and emotional reactions to it. Okay, so one of the things that we've seen a lot in the world, inner internationally because of the pandemic is a huge increase in empathic ability and COVID-19 has threatened every individual on the planet with the possibility of death. And so in a way, we're all experiencing death right now and an increase. This is the root cause of the awakening that we're talking about all the time. Another area that I want you guys to examine today is trauma. I don't hear nearly enough therapists talking about, some of them will sneak in for my classes and do it behind the scenes. And they'll say, this just isn't enough in the field. I need something more. I want to understand intuition. I am able to help my clients when I understand intuition and spirituality and I bring it into their healing. And that's amazing, but they've got tape over their mouths and they're very careful you know, to not lose their, their license or be outcasted in their practice in some way. And I just don't see nearly enough of them addressing the reality of trauma directly equating to an increase in intuitive intelligence, psychic, mediumistic, and empathic. And we know that when someone goes through something traumatic, they become hypersensitive. We know that they have trauma responses but we're not really honestly looking at how those can be seen positively as an increase in intelligence. And some great examples of this, going through a really abusive living situation. So whether it be with your, your parents, your family when you were a child, or maybe you got entangled with a narcissist or a sociopath and you were stuck 
you know, in that environment for a while. One of the things we see come out of that is a lot of diagnoses of like OCD-like tendencies. And one of the things that happens with OCD is a reading of energy from objects and atmospheres and other people, right? Really connected often to the social anxiety. Well, that's just you becoming so intuitive that you're so psychic and so good at reading other people's energy empathically also that sometimes you don't want to touch certain objects. You don't want to go certain places like Walmart. You don't want to, you know, get into conversation or dialogue with other people's energy because you haven't been trained how to protect yourself. You've been diagnosed and medicated and that's it. And it doesn't lead to the ability for you to control your energy at the core. And that's what we need to focus on. Okay, We have an empathic awareness training that can help you with things like that. We have a million examples of how someone's trauma leads to heightened intuitive intelligence and how we're overlooking it, misdiagnosing it. And what I would recommend for you guys to do in your own lives, if you've been through any kind, any kind of trauma, not just abuse, is to look at how you changed afterward. And a great example is when people go through a divorce and we think, well, divorce, I mean, is that traumatizing? It certainly can be, especially if you get dragged through a court system and there's there are custody issues or alienation or, you know, you end up losing your job, heaven forbid. I mean, that's another one. And with, with COVID, we see a lot of job loss, financial distress. This is severely distressing and it can absolutely trigger what I'm speaking about with these increases today. So I want you to look at how you were before and how you were after, okay? One other key thing I've noticed from um, trauma when it does come from neglect or abuse is this ability to get in other people's heads, okay? We learn how to predict what people are thinking, what they're feeling, what their intentions are, and what they're going to do so that we can better protect ourselves and so that will eventually turn into telepathy. And then you run the risk of being mislabeled as like psychotic or you're hearing voices and things like this. We need to be very careful about things like that because when someone who has telepathy is activated, they're hearing the thoughts of someone else, whether that person's physically there or it's through technology or otherwise, it can get very confusing. What is mine and what is others? If we add mediumship into that where we have spirits communicating, we can have some episodes where, where we are very conflicted about the voices that we're hearing. So we want to be careful and journal our experiences out over the course of time. Oh, I was recently really disappointed when I was following a therapist. I actually thought maybe I could trust, I could try to, you know, open up my mind that someone in this field is, you know, doing the right thing. And so I started watching this man on YouTube and what I really appreciated about him was that he spoke about being more open-minded and the categorizations that are uh, typically seen as Bible law, you know, are fluid in a lot of ways and should be seen as fluid. And he was a huge advocate for reforming the prison system and prisoners and the things that they often go through that lead them there and, and people with disabilities. And, you know, he was very mindful in so many different areas. And then his channel blew up on YouTube and I was, I was really supportive of him. But then he did an episode on psychics and was so cruel and 
mislabeling and misjudging and saying that we're in it for money and that we are psychotic and it was such a disappointment and I told him you know shame on you shame on you the big thumbs down unsubscribe disgusting and that led me that we don't want to come out and be mislabeled as fraudulent or ridiculous you know or mentally ill it's outrageous and we have to remember again this is a four profit medical system that we live in. What is their motivation behind this to keep us down? It's also looking at the colonization that we've been through and remembering that you may not have been born into a patriarchal white male Christian system. You know, your roots, your ancestors may have believed in much more than this and it's just been wiped out. So get in touch with your roots, understand what spirits are communicating with you, understand some of the key reasons that you can have major increases with your intuitive intelligence, the two biggest ones being death of a loved one or a threat like we're in with the pandemic and trauma, but there's a whole list of other ones. And I believe we have a free mini class coming up on this, but it's about all the reasons your intuition will increase. We also cover that in depth in the empathic awareness training. So check it out and understand. I find that too many people come to me and want healing and don't understand that I'm not a fairy godmother. I try to be, and I'm sure I'd make more money if I were blowing rainbows and butterflies up your rear end, but I'm not. And I guess I could try to be, but I don't think that's the honest approach to all of this. We do have a great responsibility in the universe to caretake over ourselves. And often the things that I'm telling you, the healing messages that I'm giving you that your ancestors and guides offer are requiring your effort. And that sometimes requires that you do go see a therapist or you do self therapy or you do talk therapy or you have your mental state evaluated. Because again, I do believe in the sciences and I do believe in disorders and things like this. So it can't be all one or the other. Sometimes we do need to mix those worlds. But I will also say this for those of you, and I doubt they're tuning in here today, but maybe um, for those of you or for people you know who only believe in the sciences and they're completely blocked from spirituality and energy and intuitive intelligence, their lives are in a state of misery. I mean, they really are off path. They have not yet even started to connect to the universe around them. It is a sad scene. And if they stay there, we will see at some point a very quick down spiraling deterioration of their mental, emotional well-being. And, you know, you don't want to be on board for that. So keep with them offering, you know, certain outlets for their spiritual growth. And that is part of self-identity in my book. Yeah, Kate Kelly talk uh said that her therapist is the one that hears most of her psychic medium stuff and she's super supportive that's wonderful mm -hmm. so i do want to say i had one that i talked to who was pretty open to hearing it and she and i agree with this too if this is how you are as a therapist this is how you feel comfortable doing it just allowing the person to talk about it without mislabeling it, judging it, misdiagnosing it. 
I did appreciate that lady where she was just sort of sitting back and agreeing and she had some references in her office that sort of led me to believe she was kind of a spiritual person and they did yoga in the office next to her or whatever so that may have kind of led me to believe that too but there was a different feel of energy it was a great exchange and that wasn't blocked but I did have you know, another one who I immediately left because the minute I told her I had a psychic experience where I went into a building and I was there as a cleaning service. I was a cleaning lady. When I went in, I had a flashback to having been there before. And so you could say that was a deja vu. You could say it was remote viewing, but I knew what was around every corner. And I knew that when I got up the stairs, there would be a little yellow nursery up there through a small door and incredible detail I knew and so I'm telling her about this experience and she said I was lying she said that I must have been mistaken I had been there in the past I must have forgotten about it which was absurd I wasn't even from that town so you know you get a mixed bag sometimes and like I said we do have more and more therapists coming to us here for the empathic awareness training and for different things. And they are becoming more open-minded and I hope that they continue to advocate for that in and out of the office. Yeah. Okay. Alex said that she was medicated, hospitalized and misdiagnosed as bipolar. And she says, I'm an empath, not bipolar, which I understand now. Good. So yeah, Alex was misdiagnosed, medicated, uh, institutionalized as bipolar. She isn't bipolar. And there you go. She's highly empathic. And when we hit those third and fourth levels of empathic ability, we see a lot of this, a lot. And when we're looking at the lower levels, we're talking about ADHD and all kinds of other things being misdiagnosed. But I think, you know, I had a similar experience, Alex, where they had misdiagnosed me repeatedly into my late 20s when I caught them off and stopped going for help. Um, but I was never diagnosed with mediumship. <laughs> nope, never diagnosed as an empath or a psychic or any of that. Nope. It's a, a couple here that would probably work well with next week's too about the war on intuition. Shauna says that she tells her family who most don't want to look at the bigger picture and they would rather think she's just hallucinating hallucinations yeah. yes psychosis and uh, yeah psychotic behavior all, all kinds of things uh, schizophrenia and oh for sure and again you know i'm not here to prescribe or diagnose see your doctor if you think you have these symptoms by all means but if it isn't that then it isn't that and so what is it? this is what it is yeah and your family will be very quick it's usually in that sad right it's our family and friends that are the fastest to step up and alienate us or you talk about something at work it just sort of slipped out and all of a sudden no one sits with you at lunch. This is Karina who said that she's had many dream visitations from people across and when she tells people they just brush it off. Mm. Yep. Yep. Uh, and that makes it hard for us also to come out and start doing this publicly where we're assisting others and delivering messages. You know, we don't have to pull Long Island mediums and tell everybody in public and like put them on the spot and make it awkward and weird. We don't have to do that. Not that I disagree with her in any way. I, I love what she does and she's been a great advocate for us. But I think that it's not really received you know she's a tv show so there's a lot of editing you know when you go out there you go up to people it's not appreciated it's not received well and it's awkward sometimes you know we don't know discernment so we shouldn't have said it and it goes wrong it makes us also paranoid when you know family and friends don't take you seriously why should you come out with the public 
in giving readings and delivering messages to people when even your loved ones don't receive it well. It's tough. And this is why. This is from Andrea who says uh, she met with a sleep doctor and explained the lucid dreams she was having that were causing lack of sleep. And he asked if she could control the dreams. And she said, yes. He said, oh, yeah, one of those people like she was a freak. Any thoughts on that? Um, yeah. So yeah, people will try to come out and say, oh, you're one of, you're one of the light and love crowd. Oh, okay. And they believe that you're just absolutely absurd with your abilities or you're like a wannabe. You want to be, you know, some kind of a, a shaman or a light worker, some guru in this and that your head's full of nonsense when in actuality, astral travel and lucid dreaming techniques are not that complex to understand. So check out my dreams class up on the website. I talk um, in great length about how lucid dreaming is sometimes the last piece of the puzzle and how therapy may not be helping you enough because what goes on at night when the veil is lifted between the worlds and you're at your most vulnerable state is attacks through your dream, whether it be from your subconscious or it be from the spirit world, especially between like three and five thirty in the morning, we see an increase with the pineal gland and so we do see that you know biologically physiologically we're actually tapping in but then we also see it with the spirit world so we have spirits outside interacting so the haunting hour three to five thirty in the morning these are things that therapists should sort of know i think i think it should be required teaching that that what you're talking about is super duper common and that the only way to combat it is through lucid dreaming techniques which means you get control and you're supposed to get control while you're awake. So that's what my class is gonna teach you. You get control while you're awake or woken, and then it helps you, okay, to be able to control it while you're in the dream state. This is not unheard of. This isn't ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know how these people are surviving without these skills, you know? I'm sure there's a medication for that. I was put at one point on, I think, five different meds for sleeping, none of them working, led me to a state of hallucinating from them so toxic and i think my liver was shutting down we have to be very careful the information we take yeah very careful yeah similar point to what you just said uh jill says that for years i've been to different therapists and the money i've spent in therapy only to find out i was an empath makes me sick here take a pill and call me in the morning has to stop well and it's not just take a pill and call me in the morning it's take a pill and call me in six months or take a pill and call me when you know or like in new york state kids can get medicated at 14 without parental consent thank you and are not required to have therapy so like uh, we have to look at the profit system you call your child's doctor and it's like there's a hotline for adhd meds and they can get access to all this we're getting them started young we are getting them addicted to these pills that they don't need parental consent for. It does not require therapy in order for them to get them. And while I agree with certain aspects of it, I don't agree with all of it. And so we just get on that path so young and we haven't even brought things like meditation into the school system. You know, I thank God in the last two years, I was able to push my empathic training into some school systems. And I, after seven, eight years of pushing so hard, I was able to get teachers educated and things like this, but it's like pulling teeth. This is so much more accessible. So why go, you know, be one of the lucky ones who tap into the rare education of self-maintenance when we could just do this? David says that even the belief in psychic and metaphysical things is considered a symptom of mental illness in the medical field. They call it magical thinking. Yeah, magical thinking, and which is really just another part of colonization. 
and that's something we'll be discussing, you know, next week a bit in the war against intuition, that class I have coming up. And so, yeah, that's a great point, you know, that it's ridiculous. But I bet going to church in like a Catholic priest and talking to God through prayer is not considered ridiculous. So you tell me what the difference is. We need to get back in touch with our roots. I believe that my mission and with everyone who comes here and work with me, our tribe, is all about learning that language. Because if we don't learn that lost language, we are prone to believe anything. And it's very hard to decolonize. And we also, and this is for any of you who have felt like, I'm a Taino Arawak, so the genocide was huge. I mean, people still say, anytime I post anything, oh, I thought you guys were extinct, you know, and things like this. It's so brutal, the extent to which your people may have been wiped out. And that doesn't stop the ancestors from communicating with you all the time. That doesn't stop it from being in your blood. And it's there. You don't have to uh, always trust, um, you know, or need to find the information outside of you historically or otherwise, or even through elders necessarily, you can absolutely, if you're fortunate enough to be able to tap in with your tribe, then do that. But if you can't, if it has been as bad as it was for us, you have to trust that that's going to happen anyways. It's just naturally going to happen if you're open to it. And don't let any therapist or doctor steal that from you. We have one from Samantha. Okay. Can suppressing your abilities cause pain? Uh, suppressing your intuitive intelligence causes a lot of these disorders. ADHD, eventually bipolar, what would look like bipolar, sometimes even schizophrenic-like episodes. It can cause severe migraines, irritable bowel syndrome, anxiety disorders. Uh, stuffing your intuition down, continuing to block it as you were programmed to do, is not a lifelong option. And it will lead to many, many problems that I think and I feel for therapists in this situation. When someone isn't intuitive or they're not willing to tap in with their intuition and they go in and they show all these symptoms, how's the therapist to know? How's your doctor, psychiatrist to know? It's almost identical. And so it is very confusing. But at some point you have picked up on the programming from the church who says it's a sin and you're going to hell if you entertain it and the uh, school you know who tells you to be logical and to never talk about this publicly that they'll send you to the you know the doctor the school nurse send notes home to your parents making you look ridiculous your parents who have told you there are no ghosts in the closet you know there are no monsters under the bed don't talk that way don't talk to your imaginary friend in public this is embarrassing you're five years old stop it i mean we could go on and on and on here today about the ways that you've been programmed and what you really need to do is to understand that every single time that happened to you you eventually adopted it as your own practice of confinement and it is the biggest detachment that you can have to your intuitive intelligence and as that intelligence increases it's almost like your body's on overload and it absolutely leads to what would look like these disorders or actually becomes these disorders thank you polly thank you spirit have a great night